Yellow. It's your old chuckle buddy. Jonathan James Ramtrain. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent June 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome to Jonathan Ramtrain, the podcast. Get your shoe shined up, boy. Boy, ooh, I'm gonna run you ragged, boy. Boy. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. 18 years of experience. Diploma in theater arts. Yes. You're talking to a fucking uh, theater geek. That's what you're talking to, buddy. I'll fucking shate and jete this fucking microphone up your fucking ass, boss. All right, back the fuck up off me. Theater geek coming through. Watch out, hot shit. Yeah, I think back to my last paid acting gig. Yes, sad to say it was in 2010. It was a little while ago. Not to say I haven't been doing things in between there, but my last paid gig as an actor was in 2010. Now, I was doing a fucking uh, children's play. That's what I was doing. I was doing a children's play, you know, and they had me dressed up like a dog. Bow, wow, wow, and woof, 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 and this is how I talk. (laughs) So I'm barking and scratching and rolling around like a dog. Got a fucking collar on. And um, another part of my story is I am an alcoholic. Yes, I have two years and seven months of sobriety. If you need recovery in your life, ladies and gentlemen, please go out there and get it. I joined a 12-step program, and that is a program that um, is very non-denominational. No dues, no fees, no one's in your private life. It's very much of your own will. To attend these meetings, there are meetings like these all over the world. You can attend these meetings in the city near you, And just be with other people who have alcohol issues, drug issues, X, Y, and Z. And uh, in these meetings, what we do is we just, you know, through the strength of community, we maintain our sobriety. Hallelujah, go get it. But um, back in 2010, I was still drinking. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Everybody in the club getting tipsy. Yeah, getting fucking sloshed every fucking night, drinking, you know, chugging back beers, chain smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, get your ass up and hurrah, the occasional line of coke, I say god damn, god damn. It's just a fucking mess, right? And here I am dressed up like a dog, barking and rolling around for the kids, right? And the kids can tell. Mommy, how come that guy has bags under his eyes and he smells like beer? Well, he's a washed-up actor, son. (laughs) So, yeah, I was just, you know, I was doing my best to hold it together. And I could barely stay sober for the rehearsals. Luckily, I was able to stay, stay sober for the performance, Right When I was performing for the kids, luckily I was sober. But I couldn't stay sober for the rehearsals. I couldn't get my shit together. And 
that's kind of a sad place. It's a very sad place, really. That's what we try to do as, well, at least that's what I try to do as a recovering person. I try to minimize my drinking past. Well, was it really that big of a deal? Well, I was drunk every day for three years at one point, and I have a, I have a history of binge drinking, making horrible decisions, a lot of pain and bullshit and wasted time, but was it really that big of a deal? No, it wasn't that. Well, no, actually, it was a very big deal for me. It was ruining my life. <laughs> and um, But, you know, I couldn't stay sober. I couldn't stay sober for... I just felt so shitty on the inside and so mentally obsessed. You know, there's two parts to alcoholism in the definition that I subscribe to. Number one, I got a condition where if I take a drink of alcohol, my body breaks out into a craving. So then I go into this craving mode. I need a drink, I need a drink, and I can't safely stay, safely say when I'll stop. I'll just keep drinking until I'm broke, until I'm, you know, found in the gutter somewhere. Like, there's no reason for me to stop drinking once I start drinking. I lose that control. And number two, um, number two, number two, the mental obsession. You know, once that fucking clock starts, I'm drinking, now it's like, Okay, well, where where am I going to get the next drink? And do I have enough drinks? And, you know, oh, drinking, drinking, drinking. It's on your mind all the time. You wake up, oh, yeah, I would like a drink right now. Should I have a drink? Shouldn't I have a drink? Why can't I drink next? Ah, drinking, drinking. Oh, I really got to stop drinking. I really should start drinking. Oh, I'm having a great time. I'm in pain every moment. Like, your mind's just everywhere. Mentally obsessed. Drink, 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 drink. So, that's the place I was in. And, um... Thankfully, here I am today, two years, seven months sober, major plans for the future, and more than just plans. Um, I guess you could call it like a foundation, almost, because these things are concrete. Well, they're, I don't know, whatever I can afford. They're made out of bamboo. Actually, bamboo's pretty expensive, isn't it? I don't know what it is. It's just some, you know, recycled plastic foundation that I've got, you know? It's, it's real, tangible shit, you know? I'm busting my hump doing projects. I got the podcast. I got um, uh, a few other things that I don't really want to talk about at the moment because um, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But these are in motion. They're being worked on. There's money being put into it. Investment, time, money. And, you know, one day at a time. Hallelujah. I am also a janitor. Yeah, so what? I'm a janitor, huh? What, you wouldn't kiss a janitor, huh? Too grimy for you, huh? Too dirty for you, huh? Your mother thought you could do better than me, didn't she? Huh? Didn't she? That's what you want, huh? You want the American dream, huh? White picket fence? Four-car garage? PlayStation in every room? That's what you want, isn't it, honey? Isn't it? No, Jonathan, no, you're delusional. I never said that about you. I love you. You're killing us. You're breaking us apart. You fucking lying bitch! Yes, I'm a janitor. Um, no chip on my shoulder about it whatsoever. I'm very thankful to be a janitor. Number one, uh, idle hands are the devil's playground. So when you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs, twiddly D, that's when all the negative thoughts, the what if, oh, what if, what if I drank, what if I smoked a little joint, what if, what if, what if. Thank God I've been alleviated from my compulsion to drink. I never think about it. It's not a part of my life anymore. 
but I'm very aware that I have to maintain my sobriety. And part of that maintenance is doing positive things to fill my time. And um, I have to work to pay for my life, you know, my lifestyle. I have to pay for my rent, pay for the equipment to do the podcast, the internet, the this, the that, clothe myself, everyday maintenance. So I work, and number two, it supports my uh, performing, you know. Um, it's like any industry. If you want to further yourself in the business world, you may have to take business courses. You may have to, um, now I'm not trying to say that's the only way, and actually in a lot of ways I don't even believe in post-secondary, but there are things that you have to do, things that you have to pay for in order to proceed in whatever field you're in. You may have to get a certificate. It's just a little piece of whatever, the blah, 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 I'm certified to do this. Training courses, clothing, equipment. Well, that's what this janitorial hustle pays for. Pays for my maintenance, my maintenance of life, my maintenance of art. So there you have it, janitor. And lastly... I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. I host a show of my own, which my janitorial hustle helps pay for. Our Righteous Mike. That's a show that I produce every second and fourth Thursday of the month in lovely Cabbage Town, Toronto. Cranberry's Restaurant. Yes, Cranberry's Restaurant. Yes. Come on down sometime, right? Have a steak, an Atlantic salmon, butter trick chicken, you know, garlic shrimp. Oh, please, senor. Try the garlic shrimp, senor. Oh, it's to die for. Would you like some naan bread, senor? Oh, it's excellent. So succulent. Yes, Cranberry's Restaurant. Charming little hole in the wall. That's where I host my show. You can come down, have a couple laughs, couple guffaws, couple chuckles. You know, have yourself a fucking, you know, piece of cake. Whatever the fuck, you know. Come down and see us sometime. We'd love to have you. Cranberry's Restaurant. Information on my website, jonathan-ramcharan forward slash shows. Yes. Another thing that's going on with my comedy career at the moment, um, I recently squashed a beef. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you listen to the previous episode, episode number 79 of Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, I mentioned... I was having comedy beef. Now, sometimes comics, like in any industry, co-workers, you know, your peers, your competitors, sometimes in life, you have confrontation, beefs. Well, I was beefing with this comic. I always just kind of felt disrespected and at odds with this comic. And to be honest, from my side of the street, for no reason. I always just felt he was obnoxious and somewhat uh, antagonistic towards me. Like uh, he would host shows around town and every now and then I'd bump into him and he would just be, to be honest, like a real prick. Acted like a real prick a lot of times. And I, I was just like, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, I don't need this bullshit, right? I don't need these type of people around me. Well, if you want to get the full story, um, you could check out the previous episode, episode 79. But through um, just some turn of events, um, 
I ran into him and I was like, yo, it's time for us to squash this beef. Why don't you come, why don't you come down and do my show, Our Righteous Mike? So he came down and did my show um, a couple days ago. And it was nice. We sat and we chatted. We were amongst all of these other different comics. So we, we had a nice little chat and whatever. He was very gracious. He came down. He was a good audience member. He uh, supported the room. You know, he bought a meal. He was very, uh, it was very cool, you know. And uh, it was very good of him. So at some point, I got a little free time alone with him. So I took him aside and I said, hey, I just want to talk to you for a moment. You know, like, I understand in our past, we haven't always seen eye to eye. We haven't always seen eye to eye. We had a little bit of tension. He looks at me and he goes, oh, what are you talking about? I'm like, don't you feel like we've always had tension? Like, I mentioned that to you in the text message when I booked you on the show. I'd sent him a text message saying, um, hey, so-and-so, um, why don't you come down and do my show and we can bury the hatchet. So that's why I sent him in a text message. And he goes, uh, well, what are you talking about? I, I thought you were joking. I mean, I thought you were joking. I said, no. Actually, no, I was not joking. I meant that. We've always had tension. And he goes, oh, well, are you talking about the last time I saw you? I'm like, well, no, even further back, even further back from that. We've always had a little bit of tension. Don't you agree? He goes, no, no, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. Now I was very proud of my answer because I just plucked it out of nowhere and it shows a lot of growth on my part, you know, uh, because I'm a very humble person. <laughs> I'm very humble. Let me let you know how much I've changed. But um, I'm very, you know, it's not often I get to toot my own horn. I try to be humble, but I'm very happy with my response because when he said that, what are you talking about? No, uh, there's never been any tension between us. I looked at him and I said, you know what? If you're telling me that you never felt like there was anything between us tension-wise, I accept what you're saying. And he goes, yeah, man. And we shook hands and we hugged it out. And um, it turns out that it all worked out. And I'm very happy at my response because, like, you know, I asked twice. I said... I felt like there was tension between us. I felt like there was some kind of unresolved bullshit or something. I don't know what's going on. Well, no, I don't see it that way. Well, you know, as far as I can tell, that's how I felt. This is how I see it. Well, no, um, no, there's no tension. I said, okay. If that's what you're saying to me, that you don't feel that way, then I accept what you're saying. And we left it at that. So, and like I said, he was cool. He came down. He was a good audience member. And... Hopefully in the future we get to uh, become good buddies, right? Why not? What the fuck? You know, life's too short to be squabbling about blue, 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 Who gives a fuck? So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the four things that sum me up at the moment. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, extraordinaire, alcoholic, extraordinaire, janitor, extraordinaire, stand-up comedian, extraordinaire. Welcome to the show. Yes, it's a beautiful, sunny Sunday morning. Taking off my t-shirt. It's fucking hot. 
Yeah. It's like a, the second day of summer. It was officially the first day of summer on Friday, June 21st, the official start of the summer. And uh, yeah, gorgeous. Finally, the sun is up. You know, the weather's nice. People are running around. Birds are singing. The butterflies are flapping. You know, it had been a pissy, wet fucking last few months, man. It's been pissy and rainy and chilly. And it's finally coming around to summer. And it feels good. I got a fucking heart on. Ooh. A couple other things going on in the city. Um, It's Pride Month. Happy Pride Month to all the LGBTQT community. I think I said that right. Happy Pride Month. Um, it's the Pride Parade this today, actually. Yes, there's a Pride Parade going on at 2.30 in downtown Toronto. Um, I really don't know what the day holds for me. I may attend. Um, I'm not sure, but... Um, Anyways, very, very, a very heartfelt thank you and uh, well wishes to the uh, to the pride community. You know, it's it's a beautiful day for their parade, and I hope nothing but the best for them today. You know what I mean? And uh, we've had some bullshit as of late when it comes to like public crowds. The Toronto Raptors, as you're all aware, as you are all aware, underwear aware, the Toronto Raptors won their first. NBA title in franchise histories, in history. Toronto Raptors, NBA champions, 2019. There was a huge parade. There was 100,000 people in attendance. Shit got out of control, man. Some dummies were popping off with gun violence. Luckily, it was a targeted attack. That's what the police are saying. It was like, um, it was it was not to the general public, the attack. It was more so some kind of gun violence between some sort of targeted violence. So that all happened, um, I don't know, last week in downtown Toronto, Nathan Phillips Square, which is like the square outside of our city hall. That's where the big parade party happened. There was 100,000 people. And luckily, you know... It didn't turn into some huge massacre. But that's what I'm saying. Um, My well wishes are for the Pride community today and their parade because, I don't know, it's just tough in 2019 in general. Maybe it's always been that way, but, you know, large crowds always seem to attract some sort of nonsense throughout the world. And not always, obviously, but... It's just what comes to mind. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying a little, uh, I guess you can call it a little prayer. Hanging on a prayer. Take my hand and we'll make it, I swear. Living on a prayer. Living on a prayer. What? (laughs) Anyways, God bless the pride community. Keep on rocking in the free world. Um, what else is going on here? Um, oh yes, um, yes, the working out, that's what I wanted to talk about. 
my working out's getting better. Um, as I mentioned on the last episodes, previous episodes, I've been having a fucking hard time getting outside going for a jog because it's been raining. It's been raining cats and dogs and piss and rain. And it's like, yo, I, I'm not one of those people who run around in the rain. Like, I'm not doing that shit. Or when it's snowing. No, 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 no. Give me some normal conditions, please. So um, finally the weather's back. We're feeling good. And uh, i got to get my ass out there and run. I was working out indoors. I do a lot of, like, skipping of rope and push-ups, arm curls with barbells and shit like that. But I really want to get back outdoors and start running again, you know? want to pick up a bike, buy a new bike, get to pedaling, see the beautiful city, and just, I don't know, feeling good for the summer. About fucking time. You know what I mean? We really noticed it this year in Toronto, man. We really noticed it. Because usually, you know, summer, you know, winter goes out like a lamb in like a lion. Usually winter is kind of pissy here. You know, it doesn't last that long. It's not that cold. I'm originally from out west in Canada, right? So out west in like Alberta, Manitoba, out west, like it's fucking cold, right? You get to like minus 40 on the regular during winter. Toronto is more like minus 10, 15, minus 20, you know, at the most. Like, it doesn't get that cold. And then when it's time for summer and when it's time for spring and summer, it's just like, it just happens, right? Well, this year it was fucking lingering. Like a jaded beat cop or something, right? It wouldn't just fuck off, right? So, anyway, here we are. Summer 2019. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. What are your goals for 2019, summer? Doing anything interesting? Want to talk to me about it? Want to give me some ideas for what I can do? Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Send me some positive uh, affirmation for your summer, what you're up to, your goals, suggestions, something. Send me a picture of you in your bathing suit. I want to see you in your Speedos, men. I mean, uh, <coughs> I mean, uh, women. Ladies, <clears throat> happy Pride Month. Anyway, what do we got here? Oh, yes, I wanted to speak on this. Partially why I'm starting to feel so much better as of late, because of the weather. But also, I've been going back to some of my previous work in recovery, in spirituality, in life. As I mentioned there, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm a vagabond performer, nightclub comic, hack actor. And, you know, you live a real foul life (laughs) sometimes as a performer, artist, alcoholic, addict, whatever, right? You live a fucked up life. So I had to get kind of some spiritual healing. You know what I mean? I had to do a lot of work on myself last couple years, and it's been great. And something that's really helped me out that I want to share with you now is the book, The Four Agreements. Now, if you've ever heard of this, The Four Agreements, it's a book on uh, what you would call, I guess, self-development. It's kind of like The Power of Positive Thinking. That's another great book that I read. 
Um, I could speak about both of those. Why not? These are two books that really helped me in my recovery and just in my life in general. So um, just because I have the book handy right now, let me tell you about this. Let me go grab it. The Power of Positive Thinking. Yes. Now, this book is great. It's fucking fantastic. <clears throat> the Power of Positive Thinking. And this is a book that is, you guessed it, about positive thinking and the power that comes by it. It was written by Norman Vincent Pelle, and it was first published in like uh, 1952. Yes, 1952. And uh, let me read you the introduction. Why not? Introduction. <coughs> Introduction, what this book can do for you. This book is written to suggest techniques to give examples which demonstrate what you do not need to be defeated by anything. That you can have peace of mind, improved health, and a never-ceasing flow of energy. In short, that your life can be full of joy and satisfaction. Of this I have no doubt at all, for I have watched countless people, persons, learn and apply a system of simple procedures that has brought about the foregoing benefits in their lives. These assertions, which may appear extravagant, are based on a bona fide demonstration in actual human experience. Blah, 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 yeah, 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 you get the point. That's part of the introduction. And it's a book on, uh, like, think about it. You're only as healthy as you feel. You only feel what you think. And, well, that's not true. Somebody lit your ass on fire, you'd probably feel it, even if you didn't think it. <laughs> ah, something, some, something's cooking. I think that's my asshole. But um, let me read you what some of the chapters are. You know, these are the chapters. These are the titles of the chapter. Chapter one, believe in yourself, right? Easy enough, right? You fucking idiot, believe in yourself. Who else is going to, right? Well, I didn't say that in the book. It's just called chapter one, believe in yourself. Chapter 2, A Peaceful Mind Generates Power. Chapter 3, How to Have Constant Energy. Chapter 4, Try Prayer Power. Chapter 5, How to Create Your Own Happiness. Chapter 6, Stop Fuming and Fretting. Chapter 7, Expect the Best and Get It. Chapter 8, I Don't Believe in Defeat. Chapter 9, How to Break the Worry Habit. Chapter 10, Power to Solve Personal Problems. Chapter 11, How to Use Faith in Healing. Chapter 12, When, vitally, when Vitality Sags, Try This Health Formula. Chapter 13, In Flow of New Thoughts Can Remake You. Chapter 14, Relax Your Easy Power. What? Relax for Easy Power. Chapter 15, How to Get People to Like You. I'm never going to get that one right. Chapter 16, Prescription for Heartache. <laughs> Chapter 17, How to Draw Upon the Higher Power. All right. So that's what I'm saying. And this is a book that's been around since the 50s, like I said. It's one of the first of its kind in terms of like self-help. It's very popular, and you've probably even heard of it, but you just never really knew why. Or, you know, it's one of those things that you just hear of, right? The Power of Positive Thinking. You've probably heard of that book, right? A lot of people, I've always heard of the book, but I never read it, right? And you know, <laughs> you know how I bought this fucking book? I was walking down the street, right? This was back in my drinking days. And this lady was having a garage sale. And as I walk by, I see this book, and it's this beautiful um I guess you would call it like a turquoise color. You know, like a turquoise, you know those turquoise rings that Indians wear? Like, you know, Native Americans, they wear those turquoise rings. 
You know what I'm talking about? It's like this turquoise color, right? Hiya, warrior. Hey, warrior. It's this turquoise, it's this turquoise colored book. When in gold writing, it says, the power of positive thinking. This little old lady, she's sitting there and uh, she's selling her books at this garage sale. And I go, hey, wow, the power of positive thinking, huh? Is that a good book? She goes, honey, it changed my life. And hopefully it can do for you too. Well, okay, thank you, miss. So I bought it for two bucks. Then I walked directly to the beer store, bought a 12-pack of beer, and I cracked one. I was walking down the street drinking a beer, and I walked past her, and I go, Can I get a refund? Huh? Can I get a refund? And she just, like, shook her head at me like, You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> this was, like, uh, I guess back in my drinking days. So this was at least two years ago when I bought this book. But I didn't read it until I got sober. And fair enough. Um, it's, a, it's a fucking great book. Highly recommend it, ladies and gentlemen. The Power of Positive Thinking. All right. And um, something else I want to talk about is another book that I read. I actually listened to it on audio tape. It's another book, The Four Agreements. Now, this book, The Four Agreements, it's basically um, about the agreements that we make with ourselves. Um. Oh, I'm fat. Oh, I'm stupid. Oh, those are agreements that you've made with yourself, more or less, right? They're not necessarily reality. These are just things that you believe to be true and that you've agreed upon. Well, if you want to break the negative thought pattern that keeps you trapped, you got to have the power to break these agreements and when you break these agreements, you can make room for new agreements. No, I'm not fat. I've got a great body that I can maintain and have a great healthy life. No, I'm not stupid. I can uh, learn new things and become, um, you know, a wizard of Oz or whatever the fuck. I don't know. You know, some brainiac fuck. You know, like you can do things in your life, people. So the four agreements. These are um, agreements that you can make that will help you um, just you know, kick ass at life, basically. <laughs> Take it from a janitor. <laughs> so check this. The first agreement is, number one, be impeccable with your word. Now, why your word? Your word, as they say, is the power that you have to achieve what you want in life. You can talk. So when you speak and open your mouth, that is how you get what you want in life. You know, you have to speak up and say who you are, what you want. Now, you can use your word in so many different ways. People in this book, they talk about um, your word being like magic because you cast spells with your words all the time. We live in a world of cynicism and gossip. That's basically how people communicate, through gossip and cynicism. So when you use your words, do you want to use your words in a negative way? Do you want to be talking shit and gossiping? Because that comes back to you, you know? Like when you talk negative about a person, like for example, I was walking down the street the other day. Actually, no, I wasn't. I was sitting on a bench doing some writing. As I mentioned, I'm a comic. See, it's not easy being a comedian. You got to write. 
I write every fucking day. So I'm sitting on a bench doing some writing. Join the beautiful weather, right? And um, this dude, he's walking down the street. And coming towards him is somebody on a bicycle, riding a bicycle on the street. The bald guy walking goes, uh, why, don't you, why don't you ride on the street? What are you doing riding on the sidewalk? You should ride on the street. The guy on the bike goes, fuck you, you bald-headed motherfucker. You white, bald motherfucker. They were both white. I don't know why he's calling him white. He's like, you white motherfucker. They're both white. <laughs> but he's like, you white motherfucker, fuck you. Uh, you bald-headed fuck. And he's screaming at him, right? And it's just like, those are his words. He's using his words in a negative context. Now, when you use your words in a negative context, it can bring only nothing but negativity. Now, the guy he's screaming at, that's a person that definitely dislikes you and has ill intentions for you. And everybody around you is seeing what an idiot you are. You're just drawing all sorts of negative attention, basically, right? So that's, that's the power of your word. What do you want to attract? Do you want to attract negative or positive things? More or less, right? And that's the great thing about this book. It's really, um, you can listen to it on audio. It's by, who's the author? I have it here. Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe, is the author. Let me take a peek. Let me take a peek at, uh, okay. Yes, Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. And you can check this out on YouTube. You can buy the book. You can listen to it on audio tape. You can download it. You can do whatever the fuck, right? And in the book, they get more specific about what the word is and blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. But that's just basically the point. Your words are really how you communicate what you want in this word, world. And how do you use them? Do you stutter and stammer like me? Or do you fucking speak clearly and concisely? Like, what the fuck is it that you want? You got to communicate what you want. And if it's a positive thing that you want, well, maybe you got to communicate positively, right? All right. The second agreement is uh, don't take anything personally. Yeah, don't take anything personally. It's not about you. Nothing anybody does is about you. It's about them. If they feel like shit and they want to talk to you like an asshole, it's because they're an asshole. It's not because of you. They're projecting. So don't take anything personally. It's a hard one to do. All these steps are really kind of hard to do, all these agreements, because it takes you, well, it's not hard. It's all dependent upon your, your viewpoint. But they're challenging because it's, like, it's easy to take something personally. Somebody comes up to you and goes, watch it, you stupid fuck. Like in, in, the, in, the, in the example there with the dude on the bike. Screaming at him, fuck you, how dare you tell me to ride on the sidewalk and blah, blah, blah. Nothing, nothing there is personal. They're all just projecting. We all see the world how we see the world. We all have our own viewpoint. We're all living in our own world. So when anybody does anything to you negatively, it's not even about you. It's about them. There's nothing that can, there's no need to take offense to anything. Offense is given, not taken. You know what I mean? You can only give me offense. I don't, I don't have to take it. So that's basically what they're saying. Don't take anything personally because, you know, it's not about you. 
we all have this self-importance that um, we set ourselves up for these failures sometimes in life with our self-importance. Oh, I'm so, it's all about me. and it's, it's not about us. It's about the other person, generally speaking, right? How many times do you think that, um, you know, somebody has it out for you? Like in my story there with this dude, with the comedian that, oh, you know, he's always... In my story there with that comedian that I felt like um, he was very obnoxious and condescending to me and there was a lot of tension, maybe I was taking things personally. It's possible. Like, I mean, I'm not a complete idiot. I know what I'm being fucked with. But, you know, there is a self-importance that I fall prey to sometimes, right? Oh, I should be treated this way or I shouldn't be treated that way or whatever. Maybe it's not about me. Maybe it's all about him and his world and whatever the fuck is on his agenda. So that's the second one. Don't think things personally. Number three, don't make assumptions. When you assume things, you make an ass out of you and me. We've all heard that, right? And they say the biggest problem in the world, not the biggest problem in the world, but the world of pain and fear that we create as human beings are based on taking things personally and making assumptions. You know? We make the assumption that everything's about us, and when things fall flat, we take it personally. You know? We make the assumption that people should know how we need to be treated, and when they fuck up, we take it personally. And um, that's just a recipe for disaster, because number one, you know, we assume that people are thinking about us. They're not thinking about us. People think about themselves. So when something happens to you, it's, it's of no personal nature. It's just somebody doing what they see in their world. And there's no need to take it personally. There's no need to assume that they're thinking about us and to take that bullshit personally. And number four, always do your best. You know? Sometimes you get too tired if you try to do more than your best. Sometimes you feel disappointed if you do less than your best. But if you always do your best, you always have that answer. You can never be held guilty or accountable because you have the answer. I did my best. I did the best I could. And, you know, we, we have to admit we can't always be impeccable with our word. We can't always not take things personally. We can't always not make assumptions. But we can do our best. So we try to do our best in that. And that's what holds it all together. So those are the four agreements there. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make any assumptions. Always do your best. And those have been helping me out major because, um, you know, like I said, I'm a burnt out ham, dirty nightclub, drunk ass, recovering alcoholic comedian, actor, janitor. <laughs> and um, just knowing that and rocking with that has been helping me out in my day-to-day because um, I needed something. I needed some way to change and some way to grow, and this was the recipe for me, and this has been helping me out. So, you know, very thankful for that. Um, you know, going forward, just trying to be that way, and... Um, I definitely recommend checking out the books, The Power of Positive Thinking, and The Four Agreements. That's just a little snippet is what I gave you there. So, 
please take it as it is. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Perhaps you read these books. Perhaps you have some books you'd like to recommend to me. Hit me up, jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. And with some exciting news here on Jonathan Ramter and the podcast, I have gotten a new haircut. Yes, 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 I got a new haircut. Feels pretty good, pretty fresh. Because it's been an ongoing ordeal with me, right? Like, for example, I had to break up with my hairdresser. I had to break up with my barber. He's just a weird guy, right? He's like, he's, he's this old Trinidadian dude, right? And every time I go to see him, he's always pulling some nonsense, right? Like, sometimes I go and I see him, right? He'd be like, yo, Jonathan, look at this man. Did you know women be fucking dogs, man? Yeah, man, women be fucking dogs, man. Yeah, man. He'll pull out his cell phone and he's showing me pictures of, like, you know, women fucking dogs and stuff. Like, <laughs> I was like what the fuck are you showing me, man? What the, what the fuck is this? Right? I'm just trying to get my hair cut. You know, there's all these women in the parlor. They're just like, <gasps> all, all these, like, disgusted women. Like, they're like, oh, look, what's this guy doing? Like, pulling up pornography in public, right? Women be fucking dogs, man. Yeah, man. I'm like, dude, like, this is so inappropriate. I mean, fucking, it's hilarious, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I double it over with laughter. But, like, still, it's disgusting, man. Like, come on. Just because it's hilarious and it makes my soul happy doesn't mean I want other people, like, upset and, you know, creeped out by this. Right? I'm a decent person. You know, and he's always complaining about his health and shit, too, right? He'd be like, oh, Jonathan. My eyes be killing me, man. My eyes be hurting something terrible, man. My eyes are killing me, man. I've been taking too much salt. I've been taking too much salt in my diet. And I've been too much... My blood pressure be up, man. And I'm tired. And my eyes be killing me. And I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. I'm like, yo, dude. Haircut. Hup one, hup two. Haircut. Cut the blood clot, boom, boom, clot, cut my fucking hair, nigga, please. You know, you got me getting all ghetto on you here. I'm getting pissed. Cut the damn hair, you know? <sighs> but I'm so tired. Well, what the fuck am I coming here for then, right? You know, like, <sighs> so we don't actually get in those arguments, but he does drone on about his hair, or sorry, his eyes. Oh, I'm tired and my eyes killing me. You know, I just have to sit there and stomach it. I just sit there fucking button-lipped, just waiting for the haircut to be finished, and he's got all sorts of weirdo friends and shit too, right, like, um, like fucking, you know, he's, you know, he's got all these friends that come and visit him, right, while he's cutting my hair, so I'm sitting there getting my hair cut, he's got all his wonky little friends come, yo man, yeah, yo, yo man, you, you get the Lotto 49 ticket, man, yeah, man, I went to get the Lotto 49 six ticket, man, and I wouldn't have bought some Lotto 49 ticket, and he, Oh, yeah, man, you know, get me a Lotto 6, yeah, man, get me a Lotto 649 ticket, and we, we, we play the bingo numbers, and the, you know, Kino, and this, and, and they're talking about gambling and shit, standing over top of me with a pair of scissors, I got fucking scissors, I got a pair of, you know, trimming my hair with simmers, simmers, scissors, what the fuck is this, would you shut up, the city is tormented by the fucking uh, fire department, you hear this? Anyways, I got fucking hair in my eyes. 
standing over me talking about lotto tickets. I can't take this bumbleclot Rasta no more, right? It's getting on my fucking nerves. And, you know, one of his friends, apparently, the rumor is he killed his wife. Speaking of which, please get over here. Please, please, please presence on this right now. Uh, my hairdresser. One of his friends allegedly killed his wife. That's the rumor. And this dude, like, you see him sometimes walking around. Apparently, he killed his wife, and he did, like, 20 years in jail. Now he's out and paroled. And see that man right there? He murdered his wife. It's like, what? You're friends with a known wife murderer? Well, the man did his time, man. The man... Yeah, sure, he killed his wife and he murdered her and he stuck a knife in her, but, you know, the man did his time. I'm like, oh my God, I can't be friends with somebody who's friends with a known wife murderer. So I'm like, I need this guy out of my life. So I've been shopping around for a new hairdresser and um, I had a couple bum ones, right? The last haircut I got, it was overpriced. It was a young kid. Well, not really. He's like my, well, yeah, I guess young. I mean... Not a kid, but young. He was like 32. He's my age. You know, he's a young man. And, you know, the haircut was overpriced. And, you know, I felt like a transaction. You know, just, you know, when somebody just kind of wants, you could, sometimes you could tell service when people, they're just really in it for themselves. They don't really care to make the customer feel welcome. They just want to get the work over with and get their money. So, like, that's kind of how I felt with the this guy that I went and saw about a month ago. This young guy, he cuts my hair and just out the door, felt awkward. I'm like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. So then yesterday, um, when I got my hair cut, I went to this new guy. And I walk in the door. And he's, like, passed out in a chair. Looks like a 42-year-old, or sorry, more like a 55-year-old he looked like in his 50s, this 50-year-old black dude, right? 50 or so, right? He's kind of slumped in a chair. A lot of tickets in his hand. I'm like, oh, hey, hello, I'm here for a haircut. Oh, you want a haircut? Okay, man, yeah, man. Yeah, man, well, yeah, we'll get your haircut. I'm like, uh, okay. Oh, take a seat, man, take a seat, man, take a seat, man. Like, okay, so I, I go and I sit in the chair. Okay, what, what kind of hair? What, what do you want to cut, man? You want to fade? Or what, what, what number do you want? I was like, yo, dude, I, I don't know. I just want to fade. What, what number do you want? You want number one, number two, God? Like, what God do you want, boy? Come on, boy. What, why are you making this difficult? What do you want? I was like, yo, dude, I don't know what to tell you. I just know that I get my hair done. It's like a fade. I don't know what number hair... Guard number, I don't fucking know. I just want my hair cut. Well, okay, well, I'm telling you, you know, um, sorry, man, yeah, man, I just sorry, you woke me up and I'm just getting up here. I was taking a nap and, uh, well, what, what guard do you want for your hair? Do you want number five or number three? Like, he's explaining to me, like, what hair guards that you use to get your hair cut. Like, what's, like, the length, basically. And, you know, he came off a little snarky at first, which kind of pissed me off. But he makes a good point. It's just like, that's his job. He cares about doing his job, and he's just asking what 
you know, I got a little defensive, like, why are you talking to me like this, right? But then I was thinking about it. It's just like, well, he's got a need. He needs clarification, right? It's not like I'm just asking for, you know, he can't, you know, I'm asking for a haircut, but I'm not putting any thought into it whatsoever. I'm like, yeah, just cut my hair. Like, those were my instructions. Yeah, just cut my hair. I don't really think about it, right? <laughs> so, anyways, well, what, what God do you want for your hair, boy? What, five God, three God, what God? God. Guard, right? Like hair guard. God, God, what God do you want? I'm like, mm-hmm. give me guard five or whatever. So we figure out the guard. I can't even remember what it was, like guard five or something. Anyway, and he winds up doing a good job, you know? And like I said, first he came off a little pissy, but then, you know, he backpedaled. Oh, sorry, man, you know, I was just waking up there, man. And, you know, you, you know, it's easier for you and it's easier for me. You just tell me what God you want. That way when you're getting your hair cut, you know what God you want. Like, what do you want? I'm like, oh, okay. And, you know, he kind of was a little bit of a weirdo himself. Like, there's something really weird about a man who goes in for haircutting. There really is. Not to be emasculating and all that bullshit, but there's something weird. Every hairdresser I've had has been a little weird. And this guy's a business owner. He owns the shop and everything else, and he's still a little weird. So, I don't know. But, like, you know... We smoothed things out. I was happy with the haircut. Then it came to the sideburns. And he goes, um, Okay, that man, uh, what you want to do with them sideburns? You want to taper them off or do you want to keep them sideburns? I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, just keep them. He goes, Well, are you sure, man? You want to, you're going to keep them sideburns? Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, and he's like humming and hawing, right? And I'm like, Okay, well, no, no, like, yeah, let's taper them off. Let's try something different. He goes, yeah, man, let's taper them off. You know, we'll taper them off. Because I'm, I'm looking at you, man. I'm like, I know I can make this man look fresher than this, man. Like, them sideburns are out of date, boy. <laughs> he caught me laughing, right? Them sideburns are out of date, man. I'm like, I'm, I can make you look fresher than that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It just had me laughing, and he took the extra time to worry about my sideburns and shit. But, like... But like, then again, who's looking at my sideburns? You know, like giving me guff about my sideburns. Some chick's like, oh my God, look at those sideburns. I was like, bitch, why don't you worry about your sideburns? Fuck, never mind my sideburns, honey. You know? Um, never mind my sideburns, bitch. Mind your own sideburns, right? So, anyways, the guy tapered off my sideburns. And uh, long story short... <laughs> I'm happy with it. I got a new barber. He's a little bit of a weirdo too, but, you know, he was saying all sorts of shit too, like, you know, God be good, man, God be good. And he's a God-fearing man, which I like, you know. He has an appreciation for the gifts of the earth, you know. I mean, that's cool. I dig it. And he did a good job, and he worried about my sideburns, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fresh. Yes, 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 yes. Now you know every little thing about my hair situation. Women be fucking dogs, man. Women be fucking dogs, boy. Ruff, ruff, ruff. It's really coming down to forgiveness for me this week. I've been noticing. Because it's like, you know, with that barber there, you know, he was getting a little heated, you know. What kind of haircut do you want, boy? Do you want guard five, guard four? Like, what do you want, man? And I'm just like, yo, man, like, I don't need to be talked to like this just for a fucking haircut. Like, I'm going to bounce the fuck up out of this chair and walk out this door. 
fucking talk to me about what, Ooh, what kind of God do you want, boy? How do you want your hair cut? But I just kind of took a step back and was like, well, you know, I, dude, I don't know. Like, I just, I usually just ask for a fade and then they do a fade. You know what I mean? Well, his point was like, you know, a good point. Like, what tools do I want him to use to make the hair look the way I want my hair looked? Right? And he caught himself too. And he's like, um, you know, he caught himself getting a little too, he was getting a little frustrated. And then he even caught himself. He's like, look, man, I'm, I'm you know, I, I just woke up, man, when you came in there. And I just woke up and, uh, yeah, man, like, it just makes it easier for you. And it makes it easier for me. Just let me know, like, that way. You know what kind of haircut you want, and it's easier that way. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I learned, you know, he said, like, you know, well, I don't know if I learned. I don't remember what he said. <laughs> he said, like, a guard five or guard three or something, like, on the top, and then a like guard two on the sides, right? So, you know, I could have just got all pissed off and walked out the door, but, you know, he made a little mistake. I made a mistake. I, whatever, and we worked through it as people. Same thing with the dude there, you know, um, the comic I had beef with. He's telling me that there's no tension between us, and I say to him, okay, if you're telling me there's no tension between us, I accept what you're saying. We shook hands, we hugged, and we moved on, and perhaps we'll be friends in the future. There's no need to hold on to these things, you know, they eat you alive. And it just feels better to let go of the nonsense. And um, forgiveness is a very heavy word. It's the idea of that. It's not, it's not so much that these, these people did things to me that I need to forgive them for. But it can be something as small as just letting go of a stupid situation. You know what I mean? Like it's a petty little beef. Two comedians out there trying to do the same thing. We're trying to be funny. We're trying to make a career as comics. Petty, stupid little squabble. Why hold on to it? Why hold on to this stupid little argument when we see each other in the club, when we see each other out there? Why hold on to that shit? Let's just squash it. Same thing with this hairdresser. It's a stupid little grumble that you're coming at me with. It's kind of annoying. But... Let me hear your point and let me not throw away this moment. Let me not throw away this resource because what the fuck? He does a good job. He needs my business. I need a haircut. Let's work it out. We worked it out. So that's big in life, having the flexibility to forgive when you can. Because also, I'd like to be forgiven. You know, there's people that, you know, have opinions of me out there, I'm sure. As I mentioned, uh, alcoholic. Part of my recovery was to go and try to make amends with people where I was wrong, where I wronged people. And that's life. We're all flawed in certain ways and we're trying to get better. And I reached out to people asking for forgiveness on certain matters. And a lot of times I was met with uh, forgiveness. They let it go. Okay, John, I understand you were in a fucked up place. You know, you're just a drunken dummy. <laughs> Whatever, dude, it's all good. And they give me that credit. So that's kind of what I was thinking this week was forgiveness. Forgiveness.
Forgiveness, even if, even if you don't love me anymore. Is that Brian Adams? Who was that? Forgiveness. John Mellencamp or something? I don't know. Who gives a shit. Do you forgive me for not knowing that? Moving forward, too, for this week, uh, plans for this evening. I'm going to go do some stand-up comedy in beautiful Toronto. Yes. I'm going to be on the dance fourth at the Social Capital Theater doing some stand-up. It's a nice little venue, the Social Capital Theater in Toronto, Canada. It's a venue that hosts a lot of um, comedy nights, music nights. It's right across from the dance fourth music hall. It's right across from it. The Social Capital Theater. So I'll be there in body and mind and flesh and soul. Telling some jokes on stage. That'll be fun. I gotta go to Walmart later today. I don't know if I should shop there. Apparently they're like a globalization rape and pillaging chain that's been fucking up the planet. But, you know, sometimes you have no choice but to be involved with the petty crimes of humanity. So... I'm going to go to Walmart later and pick up some groceries. Not groceries, but like, um, you know, candy. I hand out candy at the show that I produce, Our Righteous Mike. That's a show that I produce in Toronto, as I mentioned earlier. So I like to hand out little candies and shit for the audience. And uh, so I'm going to go pick up some candy at Walmart. Go for a little walk, you know, go out there and enjoy the outdoors. Um... Play some bass guitar, as I mentioned. I'm a bass... Well, actually, I, 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 I actually haven't talked about this in a while. Um, I play bass guitar as my hobby. And I've been trying to reach out online for um, people to play with. Um, I answered a couple ads on Craigslist. People in search of bass player or whatever the fuck. Uh, not much coming through yet. Uh, but I'm, I might post an ad myself, you know. 32-year-old bass guitar hack seeks other hacks to play with, uh, you know. Might be fun, something different. Uh, yeah, but that's on the horizon for me today. Play a little bass guitar, slap of the bass. And, uh, you know, enjoy this weather, this beautiful sunshine, you know. Feels good. I feel good. I feel real good. Feeling kind of a little tired, actually, too. I was up late last night watching Scarface. Oh, fuck, I love that movie. Sometimes sometimes you got to go, go watch the classics, you know? Some of the shit that makes you tingle, right? You know what a hasa is, Frank? That's a pig. They don't quite fly straight. Fly, pelican. Why are you always acting like I got to know something? Like I got to know something. You know what your problem is, pussycat? You got nothing to do in your life, you know? Why don't you go work with blind kids? Be a nurse. Anything beats laying around all day waiting for me to come fuck you, that's for sure. You know what? This city's one big pussy just waiting to get fucked. <laughs> hey, fuck Casper Kovacs and fuck the fucking Diaz brothers. Fuck them all. I bury them cockroaches. What, do you think that makes you good? You're not good. You just know how to lie, how to hide. Me, I always tell the truth, even when I lie. So say goodnight to the bad guy. You never see a bad guy like this again, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Manolo. Who you calling the monkey, huh? Who you calling the monkey, huh?
You got this look in your eye like you haven't been fucked in a month. <laughs> yeah, good old Scarface. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on this magnificent June 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2019. If you got any questions, queries, or qualms, anything you want to hit me up with, hit me up with it. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Send it in. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com. Our Righteous Mike, we have a show this week, Thursday, June 27th, at Cranberry's Restaurant. Information on my website, jonathan-ramtran forward slash shows. Check it out. We love to have you. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. You live it. You love it. You realize it. I peace. <laughs>